Hi there. Welcome to this week's message from Darkness to Light. We hope that you enjoy the message and will join us each week for an inspiring devotional. And now here's Troy Holden with this week's message. Sometimes as people, as Christians, we hold on to things that hurt us much more than they help us. We hold on to things that hinder God's will in our lives. Look at Moses. One day Moses saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people, and in his anger he killed that man. Filled with guilt and fear, Moses fled from Egypt. But years later, God told Moses to go back to Egypt and lead the Israelites out of slavery. Moses had to let go of his past in order to follow God's will and set the Israelites free. Look at some of the disciples. Peter and his brother Andrew, James and his brother John, they were fishermen. They were men who were working, trying to make a living. And in the middle of the day, Jesus walks along the shoreline and calls them, and instantaneously, they leave everything to follow the Son of God. They left their livelihoods. They left what was normal to them all to follow Jesus. Have you ever had to make the decision to leave something because you knew it was hurting you more than it was helping you? Have you ever had to leave a high-paying job because it came with a lot of stress and worry? It left you with no peace of mind. Have you ever had to leave a relationship because it came with sin and too much temptation to handle? There is a story, a true story, which is both tragic and heroic, but it's a story that perfectly illustrates the difficulty of leaving something behind for the sake of a greater purpose. In 2003, Aaron Ralston, a highly experienced outdoor enthusiast, found himself literally between a rock and a hard place. Aaron had traveled to southeastern Utah to explore Canyonlands National Park on April 25, 2003, and he rode his bicycle 15 miles to Blue John Canyon, an 11-mile-long gorge that in some places measures just three feet wide. Now, as this solo hiker descended into the canyon, something he didn't account for happened. A giant boulder above him slipped and trapped his arm. Much like life, we can plan for this or we can plan to do that, and then something unfortunate happens. All of a sudden, you're trapped with sickness in your body or you're trapped with anxiety because the economy's failing. And so what do you do when the unexpected happens and you realize that you need to let go of the fear of death so you can grab hold of the eternal life offered in Jesus Christ? So here's Aaron Ralston, stuck, trapped, hemmed in for five days. And when speaking about this particular point, Aaron said he had to talk with himself and tell himself that he had no choice but to cut his arm off. The process took an hour, and Aaron lost 25% of his blood volume. But despite being dehydrated, despite him losing blood and feeling weak, and despite him having only one hand, once he was free from the 800-pound boulder, he climbed out of the canyon and sought help. 
Now, this is not an easy story to hear, and I take nothing lightly, but Aaron Ralston has been quoted saying, I did not lose my arm, but gain back my life. He also said some powerful things that inspired me to tell you this message today. The first quote is, When trauma happens, we choose whether it's going to be tragedy or triumph. We choose whether we are going to be victims or victors. The second is, Everyone has a boulder in their life due to stress, uncertainty, and fear. You do whatever it takes in order to turn those boulders into triumphs. Ralston said, when the boulders come, and they will, may your boulders be your blessings too. I don't know what form the boulder in your life will come in, but whatever circumstance you face today, remember that the Bible says in Psalm 40 verse 2, He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. Believe in the Lord, and He will lift you out of the pit you're in and set you on solid ground. Your boulder may come as heartbreak or betrayal. It may come. God will see you through. As long as you see yourself through the Word of God. You're more than a conqueror. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're an overcomer. You're a winner in Christ. In my personal walk with God, there have been periods in my life where God has allowed me to face certain challenges that I could do nothing about except pray about it and wait on God. In hindsight, I can see that certain problems God permitted in my life actually brought me closer to Him because they pushed me to seek Him. They pushed me to get on my knees. And dear friend, I'd like to tell you that at one point or another, you will encounter a situation where you are powerless. Putting your hands on a situation won't work. Calling on the resources of friends or acquaintances won't work. And it's when you're in a time like this where you should simply pray. It sounds so simple, but yet we find this to be so difficult to do. We should have an attitude whereby if you come across a situation that's threatening and you've done all you possibly can, you pray. And you don't just stop there. But to put it in biblical terms, you pray without ceasing. You continue steadfastly in prayer. So don't be discouraged. Hold on to the promise that God will lift you out of the pit of despair and set your feet on solid ground. If you ask anyone who's ever achieved something great or notable, they'll tell you that at one point or another, They just had to push through every obstacle in the way and keep going. And the same can be said about our prayer lives as Christians. We have to get to a stage where prayer is not just the last resort, but it's always our first resort. Praying on Sunday alone is too small an effort for the battle that I was in. I had to push through. I had to be resilient 
and the size of your prayer must match the size of your opposition. Some people need strength to defeat strongholds of insecurities and doubt and fear. Jesus says in the book of Matthew 7, verse 7, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks will find, and him who knocks the door will be opened. This is Jesus effectively telling us, pray until something happens. A child of God recognizes that you cannot fight a war and not pray. We are built and equipped for spiritual warfare, so we shouldn't be afraid of a fight. In fact, their confidence comes from Isaiah 54:17, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Their confidence comes from Nahum 1, verse 7. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and He knows those who trust in Him. Now, a lot of people shy away from being intercessors. They want to pray nice. They want to pray, but they're intimidated at the prospect or thought of warfare. But I want to remind you what the Bible says. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. The weapons of an intercessor, the strength of an intercessor, is derived from God alone. That's why the verse says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, meaning they're divinely powerful. They are supernatural in their effectiveness. You cannot fight the devil with your natural fist but you can fight him through prayer in the spiritual realm. Exodus 17 presents us with a powerful lesson on prayer. In verse 9, we're told, Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. And when Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. There are several lessons to be learned from this passage of Scripture. Moses went to pray away from the battle to a quiet place. He, he didn't start praying from the front line, but he backed off some distance and goes up a hill to pray. And this is the perspective that a child of God needs to have. We have to fight the battles in private. There's no need for an audience or spectators, no distractions. It's simply them in a prayer closet, and that's enough. A prayer closet allows intimacy with God. It becomes your war room. God acts in response to prayer. Each time Moses lowered down his hands, from being tired, the Amalekites began to win. And I believe this was God's way of teaching us that the battles we face as children of God are won and lost by prayer or a lack of it. We need to rely on prayer and not on anything else. 
This spiritual war against the devil is an ongoing one for us as children of the Lord. So we need to remain under the blood of Jesus and in prayer if we're to overcome. Now, once again, whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. When we pray, things happen. People are healed, situations are altered, churches grow, grief is dealt with, spiritual battles are won. But if we get distracted and let our guard down, the enemy has an opportunity to attack us. When we cease praying, we inhibit the power of God at work in our lives. More prayer, more power, but the opposite is true. No prayer, no power. But the beauty of this story is that it shows Moses not as a prayer warrior, but like us, as a frail, vulnerable, and weak human being. Moses got tired. But whenever he did get tired, Aaron and her held up his hands, one on one side, the other on the other side. An intercessor understands the value of praying with others. Just as Moses had Aaron and her to help him continue with his hands lifted, we too must unite and stand together in prayer. Matthew 18 verse 20 says, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11, Therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. I want to pray for you if you're listening and if you're in need of a breakthrough, you're in need of something turning around. I pray that God grants you the strength to persevere in prayer. May a desperate desire be birthed deep in your soul to seek the kingdom of God first, and everything you want will be added to you. May your faith come alive each and every time you pray. I ask the Lord to have mercy on you, and in your moment of weakness, may He be your strength. At the place that your own ability fails, may His power begin to show. Against all odds and the most unlikely of circumstance and the most unusual of events, may God's grace be found readily available to see you through. As you hear the sound of my voice, I want to speak to your heart and tell you to keep praying, keep pushing, and keep pushing while you keep praying. So raise your level of faith and become expectant that something special something supernatural will happen in your life. And just as sure as the word says in the book of James, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man will avail much. This has been your weekly message from darkness to light. Thanks again for joining us today.